Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God as we find it written in St. John's Gospel, the 16th chapter, verses 7 and 8. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, dear friends in Christ Jesus, you who are here in God's house, and you also, the listeners of our radio audience. It's nice to be in God's house this morning, isn't it, even though it's a cloudy and rather foggy day. And radio listeners, it's nice to have you worshiping with us also. As you and I know, today is the fourth Sunday after Easter. Four Sundays since we celebrated the festival of the resurrection of our Lord from the grave. Today also has another name. It is called Cantate Sunday. Now that's a Latin word, and that word cantate means sing. It gets its name from the first word in the intro for this day in Latin, where it says, O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. So this is cantate, this is Sing Sunday. And again, since this is the second Sunday in May, you and I know that this Sunday has another name, and this is Mother's Day. This is the Sunday that we set apart for the honoring of our Christian mother. The ancient gospel lesson for this Sunday that will have been read in hundreds of thousands of Christian churches in the world today, the one that I read from the lectern, it talks about the promise of Jesus to send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, into the world. And on that ancient gospel I have based my sermon today. This Christ still speaks through his word. And on this Mother's Day, Jesus calls to you Christian mothers. He says, cantate. Oh, he says, sing a new song unto the Lord. Sing a new song unto me, because he says, I have done a marvelous thing for you in your role of Christian motherhood. I have done something tremendous for you, Christian mothers to help you and to aid you in your role of being a Christian mother, and that is he has sent the Holy Spirit as the comforter in this world. And you Christian mothers on this Mother's Day, you may say, well, I'd like to sing a new song to the Lord. I would like to heed that call of his, that I will sing a new song, that he has done something marvelous, that in my role of being a Christian mother, that he has given the Holy Spirit as comforter. But you may say, is the Holy Spirit really much of a comforter? Does he really stand by me through thick and thin? Does he really comfort me in the things of life? as a mother? Does he really bring consolation? Is he really the Holy Spirit, the Consolator, the Paraclete, 
Is he the one that brings soothing relief to my heart and to my mind? Is he the one that gives me courage in my role as a Christian mother? And you may say, if I could be sure of that, then I would be glad to heed the call of my living Christ that I would sing a new song unto him. But Christian friends, and especially you Christian mothers, know this. The fact that the risen Christ through his word this morning calls you to sing a new song because he has done marvelous things for you in your role as a Christian mother can assure you of this, that in sending the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, into this world, to be your help in your role as a Christian mother, that Holy Spirit is the grandest, the finest comforter that even Jesus Christ could send to help you. You may say, Peter, why so? What is there so comforting in the fact that the Holy Spirit has come, that he stands by my side, that he is to bring joy to my heart and give me courage and strength in my role and in my job as a Christian mother. Jesus reminds you, Christian mothers, just what the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God himself, the great consoler, the great comforter, just what he does. And in the first place, may you know this, that the Holy Spirit, the comforter, he convicts you, Christian mothers, of sin with regard to your children. You may say, as the Holy Spirit speaks to you through the word of God, what does he tell you Christian mothers about your children? And isn't it this? He tells you quite plainly that your children are born and conceived in sin. He tells you that your children coming into the world by natural birth are not children of Jesus Christ. They are not saved souls by natural birth. Oh, he knows that there are those who tell you that a day-old child couldn't possibly be a sinner. That a day-old child has not done anything wrong. He has not lied. He has not stolen. He has not committed adultery. He has not killed. And they would have you believe that when a child is born naturally, that the child is born without sin. But the Holy Spirit, your comforter, assures and testifies to you Christian mothers that your child comes into the world as a sinner. He tells you even as Jesus has said, you must be born again. That as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, says the Spirit in the Word, because all have sinned. The Holy Spirit reminds you, Christian mothers, that sin isn't merely doing something wrong, that your child has done nothing wrong, but that it came into the world being born of sinful parents in a condition of sin. And because of the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve, death passed upon all of us. The very fact that your child can die is indisputable evidence that your child is a sinner born in a condition of sin, born naturally in need of a second birth. Oh, there are those that say that a child doesn't become a sinner until it reaches the age of knowing right from wrong. 
six or seven or eight years, whatever that may be. But isn't it strange that if that were the case, that a child were sinless until it reached the age of knowing right and wrong, wouldn't it be something to expect that at least some children would go on and never sin, would go on in perfection? And isn't it strange that there is only one exception, that Jesus is the only exception, one person who knowing right from wrong went on and did the right and never sinned, but you have sinned and I have sinned and your children have sinned and my children have sinned, which shows that at the source, when our children come into the world, there is something wrong. They are subject to death. They are sinners. And the Holy Spirit has testified to you that they must be born again. And Jesus, in describing what it means to be born over again, to be born a second time, says, we must be born of water and the Spirit. And that can mean only one thing, that's baptism. And so, Christian mothers, what a comforter, what consolation you have in the Holy Spirit, who when he convicts you regarding sin as regards your children, that he gives you the assurance that in baptism something tremendous takes place. It is water and the Spirit, that this Holy Spirit in connection with simple water and the Word of God, he comes to your child and he places faith in your child's heart. No, not a conscious faith. Your child doesn't know that it's there. But in placing a faith in Jesus, there comes to your child in baptism, in Christ, forgiveness of original sin, deliverance from eternal punishment, and the gift of everlasting life. That's comfort if there ever was comfort, Christian mothers. The Holy Spirit, the Consolator that stands at your side, Jesus says, Oh, sing a new song unto the Lord. Sing a new song unto me. I have done something marvelous for you. I have sent the Holy Spirit as your comforter. He assures you that in baptism, your children have been born a second time. They have been born into the kingdom of God. Marvel not that you and I may not understand it. When circumcision took place in the Old Testament, it took place when the male child was eight days old. It didn't understand when it was circumcised that that circumcision made that child a son of the covenant, a son of Jehovah, a saved soul in that God who would send Jesus. And even though when baptism came to your child and your child was too young to understand, it was a gracious water of life, it was a washing of regeneration. What comfort, Christian mothers, if you have lost a child by death. If you can say, thank God my child was baptized, I have that comfort from the Holy Spirit through the Word of God that my child's a saved soul. In Jesus Christ in baptism, it was born again, saved unto eternal life. And if through no fault of your own a child died without baptism, what comfort that Holy Spirit still brings in saying, you put that into the hands of God. Because the Holy Spirit testified, it is not the will of your Heavenly Father that one of these little ones should perish. And when you and I put those cases into the hands of God, a God that loves in Christ Jesus, then, Christian mothers, you have comfort. 
when death comes and takes a loving child. Is it any wonder then on this Mother's Day that the living Christ calls particularly on you Christian mothers to, oh, sing a new song unto the Lord. Cantate, sing a new song unto me, for I have done something marvelous. I have given you all the aid you need in your role of motherhood. I have given you the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. I have given you the great comforter who stands at your side, who soothes your heart, who blesses you, who warms your soul. And when you can sing that song because you'll realize what a tremendous blessing you have in the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, then, Christian mothers, you will not resent your role as a Christian mother. It's rather tragic and rather strange, isn't it, how many mothers resent their role of motherhood, who wish they had never been a mother, who don't want to ever become a mother again. In our day with the pill, it is not only possible now to space our children and to plan our families, but it is a very easy matter for couples to be married now and never to have children. It's just a pill away, isn't it? Just one pill a day. And yet we say to ourselves, what is the role that God has fashioned for womanhood? When God designed the female, he reminded every female, and you are reminded of it every month, of the potentiality that God planned, the stellar role of being a Christian mother, the procreation of the race. What a role, to be sure. Oh, we don't draw any conclusions for couples that are married and have no children. We have no right to do that. Oh, yes, there are those who in selfishness would want the joys of marriage and not to have the joy of motherhood in children. But there are others who have prayed and who have tried and who have longed for children who come and say, is there some mother that would give us her child that we may rear a child that doesn't belong to us? But oh, when you can realize what a comfort you have, Christian mothers in the Holy Spirit, then you can cantate on this day. You can sing a new song. God is tremendous. No more stellar role could you play than the role of being a Christian mother. This is Mother's Day. And on this day of the risen Christ, he says to you, Christian mothers, oh, cantate, oh, sing a new song unto the Lord. I have done something marvelous. I have done something tremendous for you to help you and to aid you and to assist you in your role of Christian motherhood. I have sent the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Consolator, the Paraclete into the world who stands ever at your side, who warms your very soul, who gives you comfort and who gives you courage. You may say, is the Holy Spirit a tremendous comforter? Jesus says there's none better. He's tops, he is finest. Because in the second place, let's know this, when the Holy Spirit testifies, this Holy Spirit who is your comforter, he testifies and convinces you Christian mothers as regards righteousness in respect to your children. He convicts you of righteousness. You may say, what does that mean? 
Well, you Christian mothers, you know about the righteousness of Jesus Christ, don't you? You stood at Calvary, and you have seen that here was God's Son that came out of the ivory palaces into this world of sin, who on the cross bore the guilt and punishment of all sinners, and that by that great sacrifice he merited a 100% righteousness for the entire human race, you know that. And therefore that's the righteousness in Christ that was given to your child on the day of baptism. But there is another righteousness that the Holy Spirit testifies about in the Word of God, and that is the way of righteousness. That way of righteousness or the way of right the way of wrong. The Holy Spirit testifies to you Christian mothers that there is a way of righteousness that God implanted in the heart of our first parents, Adam and Eve. When God created them, he wrote in their hearts the law. They had a perfect conscience. They had perfect knowledge of right and wrong. And then when sin came into the world, that conscience and its knowledge began to fade. It began to get less and less so that when Mount Sinai came, God repeated his law of right and wrong. And you remember that day at Mount Sinai when again there was thundering and lightning and the earth trembled and quaked and God said, I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his cattle, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. God laid down an adamant, an absolute standard of right and wrong. What is wrong has been wrong and will continue to be wrong throughout eternity. And what is right is right and will stand as right and never vary. There will be no variation. There will be no equivocation. It will stand absolute and it will stand just that firm and never change. But I know, Christian mothers, you've been told that there's a new kind of ethics. They call it situational ethics. That if you really love, that love sometimes may allow you to do that which is wrong as long as you do it in the name of love. Then you and I ask, what is love? What do you mean by love? Men can define love that they could go out and murder or they could do anything in the name love. Isn't it strange that Jesus Christ loved to the end? And he said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Christ who loved you as no mother, other person could love you and me, because he died and bore hell in your stead and mine. He kept the righteous way of God perfectly. He never equivocated. It never varied one inch, one way or the other. It was an absolute standard. The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, convicts you, Christian mothers, of this way of righteousness as regards your children, and therefore, what a Comforter, he promises you that as you teach your children this way of righteousness, that he will enlighten their conscience, and he will do everything until it becomes hopeless in order to keep your children in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit reminds you, Christian mothers, you are the greatest teacher that your child will ever have. You may not be the best teacher, but you are the greatest because you're the first. You're there first, and your child believes everything that you tell it. 
The Holy Spirit asks you, therefore, to train your child in this way of righteousness that is absolute and that never varies. And he promises you that in that word he will enlighten the conscience of your children. He will cause that conscience to grow in knowledge and then he will do this through that knowledge that you put into their hearts as you teach them. He will do everything within his power unless it becomes hopeless to keep your children from falling away. He will plead with your children. He will convince them of sin. He will agonize. He will do everything that he can in every temptation. He promises to give them strength to say no. He assures you that he will not let loose of them unless they harden their hearts against him. What a comfort if some of you mothers today are saying, where is my wandering son today? Where is that boy that I gave to Jesus in baptism? Where is he in this world who has wandered away from Christ? Or you mothers may say, where is that daughter of mine that I gave to Christ who has gone in her own erring way, who is living to the world, and you may cry out and the Holy Spirit says this, I'll never stop pleading with that son or daughter of yours. Through their conscience I will plead and I will nag and I will beg that they will come back to Jesus Christ. You're not going it alone, Christian mother. You've got a tremendous comforter, none other than the Holy Spirit, who if you have done your job well, and you have taught your children the way of righteousness, the Holy Spirit says, I'll keep on pleading and begging and doing everything that I can to bring them back into a saved relationship with Jesus Christ. When you can say that, then you can sing a new song. This is cantate. This is Mother's Day. And you can say, I'll sing a new song to the Lord. He's done something tremendous. He has given the Holy Spirit as, again, my paraclete, my counselor, my comforter that stands close to me and soothes my heart and warms my soul and gives me courage. When you know that he is with you in this great task, your room, and then you're going to ask him for help in the dual role that you occupy. Oh, Christian mothers, you've got a dual role. It's stellar. You're not only a Christian mother, but you're a Christian wife. And sometimes you wonder, are you big enough and strong enough to fill that kind of a dual role? To be a Christian wife to your husband and to be a Christian mother to your children. And sometimes there comes a conflict, doesn't there? And it bothers your soul and you say, which comes first? If you want to know which comes first, if that's troubling you, that isn't hard. Your role as wife comes first. Go back to the Garden of Eden. When God performed the first marriage ceremony, God again assured our first parents that the two would become one flesh. There is no closer relationship on earth than the marriage vow. Christian mother, in your dual role, if you have problems, your first role is that of a Christian wife. Are you filling that role? Then your role as a Christian mother. And sometimes you come into conflict 
and husband may feel left out. Then you wonder, am I a good mother? But am I a good wife? You know, it's rather strange when couples come to see me who are having troubles, and we go on and we talk, and there seems to be so much dissension and so much discord that just casually I will say, do you folks belong to any church? And they'll look at me rather startled as much as to say, "Uh uh-uh, I know you're a preacher, you're going to start preaching. They say, no, why? No, we don't go to any church, why? Isn't it rather amazing? You know, somehow or other we may have the idea that the big advantage of going to church is just going. Just going and sitting there like a bump on the log, but just so you can say you've been there. Don't you and I realize, Christian mothers, don't you realize that when you come to church, this Holy Spirit, this Consolator, this Comforter speaks to you and gives you strength to keep that home together. When we come to God's house and the Holy Spirit stands and gives strength to you, especially Christian mother, in that tremendous stellar role to be a wife, to be as attractive as you can to your husband, and at the same time to be a mother, then when you come to God's house, you're going to get some help. When we can sing that kind of a song, the Holy Spirit will tell you, Christian mother, on the basis of the Word of God, you've got to have two little bears in that home. You've got to have the first bear, which means to endure and to be patient. And the second is to forbear, the little forbear, which means forbearing, threatening, quarreling, nagging, trouble, nuisances, always quarreling, quarreling, quarreling. Christian mothers, are you ready to sing a cantate? Can you sing a new song to the Lord? Yours is a tremendous role. There's nothing like it on earth to be a wife and to be a mother. May I say this to you, be as sure as you are that God lives, that when you break up that home, that you know it's God's will that he wants you to do it. How many Christian mothers today are lonely? They're saying, where is my son? Where is my daughter today? And son doesn't care and daughter doesn't care. Because mother, when it wasn't the will of God, broke up a home. And the kids had the props knocked out from under them. They didn't do well at school. Emotionally upset. Wrought up. Agonizing. Will you be sure, Christian mother, when you play your dual role of wife and mother, that if you ever break that home because you've got kids, that you're as sure as you're living, that it's God's will. Be sure. You are the one who gives that answer. Mother's Day, isn't it? Mother's Day, and you and I may say on Mother's Day, is there a message in the Word of God where the living Christ says, Cantate, Christian mothers. Oh, sing a new song to me. He says, I've done something marvelous for you. I've given the Holy Spirit, again, your comforter, to aid you, to stand at your side, to give you comfort and to give you strength in the role that you play of Christian motherhood. 
And you may say, well, preacher, is the Holy Spirit who testifies through the word of God, is he much of a consolation? Does he give me much comfort? Does he give me much courage? Christ says it couldn't be any better. You couldn't ask for a finer comforter because this Holy Spirit, the comforter, is not only the one that convicts you of sin with regard to your children or that he convicts you of righteousness with regards to your children, but he is the one who convicts you of judgment with regard to your children. You say, what does the Holy Spirit tell you as a Christian mother about judgment? Doesn't he say this? He says, Christian mother, will you realize this, that we are all only strangers and pilgrims on earth? We have no continuing city here. We're just here for a few brief years and we, we pass on. That there is going to be a judgment that the living Christ is coming again because he has conquered Satan and death. That he's going to come again and there will be a resurrection of all men who shall stand before him. And the present heavens and the present earth shall be destroyed by fire. And there shall be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Doesn't the Holy Spirit testify to that? And that therefore, because there is going to be a judgment, oh, what comfort he assures you of, that if the worst happens to your son or to your daughter, it's a drop in the bucket to what's coming in Jesus Christ. Do you have a son over in Vietnam? Has he been wounded? You don't know how badly you've heard got a missing boy over there? You wonder if he's living or whether he's dead? Are you wondering any comfort? Supposing he is dead, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, assures you and me that the sufferings of this present time, they're like a drop in the bucket to the glory which shall be revealed in us. You can stand and sing, can't you? When again on Mother's Day, you realize that Jesus Christ, the living Lord, sent the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the consolator, the consoler, sent the sympathizer into the world to help you in your role. When there is that comfort and you can stand erect, regardless of what comes to that boy or to that girl. And you can sing that new song, and when things come that you don't understand, then all that he asks is that you hold on to the Holy Spirit just a little tighter. Last Wednesday night, we had our senior banquet, I think, as you know, and there spoke to our seniors Last Wednesday, one of the sons of our congregation, Reverend John Gass, I confirmed, Johnny. And I sat there listening to him as he spoke to our seniors, and he said, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul. You know, there are times when I guess it pays to hang around as long as I have for about 30 years, a little better. I know you get sick and tired of seeing the same guy in this pulpit every Sunday, uh, but there is something nice about being around. And as John was up there talking to the seniors, my wife sat to my right, and on her right sat John's mother, Alfreda. And my mind began to think back after 30 years, 
thinking about Mother's Day sermon. I thought going back in that gas home, I remember Sidney Senior. I remember when he died and I buried him. That was John's father, Alfredus' husband. And I remember there was a, a song in her heart. It, there was a place to go. She could still smile. Her mother lived with her. Mrs. Wildermuth, and I remember when Mrs. Wildermuth died, and there was Alfreda with three boys. There was the oldest, Sidney Jr. You'll forgive me, a fine chap, graduate of Ohio State University Law School, just graduated and got his law degree. But something that we don't understand in the despair and the despondency of life he took his own life one day. I was with Alfreda. And again, there was no despair. There was no despondency. We went to the same Lord, and she could still sing because that was God's problem. God understood. We could be silent for him. I was thinking about this Wednesday night. And then came some cataracts on her eyes, and... She said to me one day, what's this old lady want to do to spend that money to get cataracts taken off for? And I upbraided her and I said, those cataracts won't have to come off. And when the first one came off from her hospital bed, she looked up and rather laughed. I'm glad you talked me into it to see again. The second one came off. Well, there was Dick, the second son. Dick belongs to Peace Lutheran Church over in Galleon where he and his family are active and there was John standing in front of us Wednesday night. I thought back when I had him in catechism, he was one of these ruffians just like you other kids are, and that's the kind I like. But I remember back in catechism, John had said that he talked about the ministry. You see, Alfred had sparked a light, just a little glow, maybe someday. Well, John was confirmed, and John, in the due course of events, got married, and John had a child. John seemingly had given up the ministry. All this was going through my mind Wednesday night, and one day I heard from John. He lived out of town. He said, I want to see you, Reverend. I said, all right. He came. He said, could we go upstairs in church, and I'd like to talk to you. And I said, yes. Remember, we came up in church just to do. We sat right down there on the front pew, just the two of us. The Lord was here. He began to say, he said, Remember when I was a kid in your catechism class that I talked about being a preacher? And I said, Oh, yes, never forgotten it. And he said, uh, Do you think it's still possible that even though I'm a married man, got a child, that I could go back to school and be a minister? Well, we... We talked if two men ever talked. And I said, John, I said, if that spark's still there, you're never going to be happy unless you're going to serve your Lord the way you dreamed of doing it when you were a kid. And I said, if there's a will, uh, God will find a way. And we prayed together, and John went out of here that day, and he said, I'm going back. He went back to school, went back to the seminary, and graduated, and there he was Wednesday night talking to our seniors. And I looked at Alfreda. She didn't see me looking at her, but I thought, my... She could sing through it all, the crosses that have come. There was her boy. Fulfilled a mission. 
quit teaching Sunday school, but those of you who had her know that you'll never forget her, will you? There was always a, a song in her heart, and you say, how can Christian mothers, when you have adversities and tragedies like that, how in the world can you sing? How can you sing and rejoice? Well, you can when you realize the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, stands right there in strength for the day. Oh, Christian mothers, to, to sing a new song. You may say, what song is new and it never grows old? Have you ever thought of the song perhaps that you sang more than any other with your little babe? Wasn't it this one? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You see, the Holy Spirit tells me, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, and he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. That's the new song you can sing, Christian mothers, with your babe, can't you? When the Holy Spirit consoles you. When I called Phyllis Miller, who is the head of our choirs, and I told her I wanted this song sung today, she said, do you want a child to sing it? I said, no, no. I have only one request. I want a mother to sing it. Mothers, you see, know it first. Your mother sang it to you, didn't she? How many times have you rocked your child to sleep? It was a little lullaby, wasn't it? Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Oh, to be a Christian mother, to fulfill the grand stellar role that God has given you. And my wish to you then today, may yours be a happy, blessed Mother's Day. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting.